When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, football fans? I wanted to greet everyone with a hoy, but we're just going to start with a hey, how you doing? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment and unfortunate news three times a week monday wednesday and friday so be sure to conveniently download that odyssey app hit the auto download button to stay up to date on all brand new episodes as well as the fact that you guys can stream jolly rogers and touchdowns on any of your favorite streaming platforms we make it real easy for you all to stay up to date on your favorite football team the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm Casey Hudson, joined by my co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it's time for us to sail into a new episode that, um, well, I guess Kaylee and I will be the most upbeat portion of this Bucks team this yeah. day, this, this, this weekend, this week, because the guys just decided that they were not only going to not win today, but they were going to hand their opponent the game falling in overtime, what was it, 23-17 to 17, to yep. the Browns. You heard that all correctly. The Cleveland Browns, the three and seven, now four and seven Cleveland Browns is where the Bucks decided to end their winning streak. And there's one thing that I will say before handing it over to Kaylee is that Kaylee made one significant point on the last Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns episode saying that it would be crucial for these guys to do certain things to get into that third win streak column. And they couldn't do it, Kaylee. I thought about you the entire game. I'm like, well, there yeah. goes something going against this win streak possibility. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. It was just one thing after another that was blindly, obviously, and painful to watch. And here we are talking about another Bucks loss. Another, and it, it just, it's getting, it's getting old. It's getting, it, here, here's oh. what I want to do. Um, um, I'm, I almost did this a million times during the game. My 18 month old right now, he doesn't like understand like he'll like he understands saying hi and bye, mm-hmm. but like he'll just say like hi and then <laughs> run out of the room and say, but I wanted so bad to just to be like, bye, bye. bye. Cause I'm he done. just says bye. And then like goes into the other realm. I just like wanted to be to the TV. Oh, bye. I'm bye. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. This is not fun for me, so I'm out. Yeah. What is happening? What is happening? Casey, on that note, I'm going to do a switcheroo here, and I think that we should start with Walk the Plank. I think that we we have to. Casey, we have given this – we have given them so much time. We've given them so many weeks. There have been – on Thanksgiving, we were like, we're not even going to make anybody walk the plank. Yeah. We're going to. We've had a couple episodes of Grace. There was one time where I was like, I'm just disappointed. So I'm not going to make anybody walk. <laughs> I like did that thing as a parent, you know, no more. No, we're no. starting. We're going to start today's episode with enough. walk the plank because there's too much. There's. I I don't even I can't even articulate it, it's Casey. It's bad. so frustrating watching this team because you know 
how good they can be. Mm -hmm. And you look at you look at how good they are at times. You yep. look at how good they are in moments, uh, certain plays or certain drives. Uh, you look at how good the defense can be in certain games. Yep. And you say, if they just all put wow. it together, if the coaching staff and the players, if mentally they were there, if they mm -hmm. if they called the right plays, if they prepared the right way, if they just did what they needed to do, do your job. Yep. Then completely different story. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't be, right. there would never be anybody walking the plank, right? right? It would always just be literally jolly on Jolly Rogers. <laughs> but it's not, it is not. They're robbing us of our joy and our what jolliness over not, here. I'm sick of it. It's the freaking Christmas season. It's the holiday season. And, and, and I watched a Christmas movie last night and then I'm going to come on here today and ruin all of my jolly, <laughs> all of my merriness. By talking about this stupid. By watching movie. that awful game. Watching it alone. There's nothing worse than when you're finally anticipating football and then it's here and you're like, okay, yeah, they're going to do this. I'm excited. They're getting healthy. How All the positives that we had on the last episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Yeah. And then. We were so positive. 10 minutes into the game, you're like, so about that new Netflix movie that I'd rather be watching. <laughs> like, that's how I felt. I was like, how, how, how well would it smooth over here if I just had the updates on my phone and put on something that I actually want to watch in my spare time because this is not it. That yeah. was not doing it for me. It's been no. a long, long season for both of us. Kaylee and I have a lot to do. Yeah. So in those moments where we get to breathe and not get to watch good football, I'm just over here like, well, I really would love to watch that rom-com on Netflix over yeah. this garbage. Like, yeah. Drink some wine, watch some. Yeah, like, I'm like, I, my little kid is coming up to me. He's like, Mama, play, play. And I'm like, right. Oh, no, sorry, I can't play with you right now. I have to watch trash this. on the television. This, yeah, like. There we go. Sorry, guys. My mic keeps cutting it out. Now it feels personal. And, and then yeah. that's when we can't, we can't. It's only right to open up the show with Walk the Plank. And as a whole, I'm sure both of us could be like the entire team needs to go. But I think we dive into it a little bit. I think yeah. we say specifically why and who and how, because that was obscene what was witnessed today. Well, were there worse losses this season? Yeah, obviously. But today yeah. was that much worse because of many other reasons. Because so. of so many things. Yeah. And so, Casey, with that, I'm, I, I have to start with Byron Leftwich. Right. Like yeah. he's at the top of my list just because you're you're calling the plays. You're you're the guy. You're out here. You're you're like you stepped in for Bruce. Like yep. this, you this is your team now offensively. You're doing this. You're you're supposedly the guy. You're working with Tom Brady. You're doing the thing. And you've made comments, as had as has Todd Bowles, saying that like, oh, we're we're not necessarily um, going to, we respect veterans, but like we're throwing everything out the window. Whoever's playing well, that's who we're going to play. That's not true. Casey, no, that's, just, that's just not true. It's no. not what happened. No. We, before we got on, we, we started getting a little bit fired up. Cade Otten, he, he wasn't even targeted once. It's obscene. That is obscene. Not How even have a guy progressively show up for your team progressively show up as a rookie help you finally win a freaking game this season versus the Rams in the last game. minute 
in the last minute after his mom died. Right. And he's not even a part of the game. Like I had to triple double check multiple times to make sure like, was he suited up? Did I miss something on the injury report? Did I, did I overlook something on inactives? Like what's actually going on here? What the heck was that? How do you have somebody show up, show you that they belong on this team, have fans as well as other people across the nation saying, hey, you found your new tight end one. Let's stop overkilling this Gronkowski return conversation and start feeding Kate Otten. And then Cambray comes back from a significant injury. And this is nothing against Cambray. I personally love Cameron Bray. I think he's his own kind of tight end for this team, but he is not what Kate Otten is going to be for this team. And to not have this kid participate whatsoever, contribute whatsoever, while you're basically handing your opponent the win, that's garbage. How did we not see Kate Otten today? It's... I don't, it's like almost unforgivable. It's like walk the plank. You have to walk the plank. This is so bad. Like it's this so is bad. such bad coaching. This is such bad play calling. And for that reason, my number two walk the plank is Tom Brady, because we know that you have a say in this. We know that you are a vocal leader and how come you are not advocating? How come you're, how come you're not out there saying yep. we need to do something with this guy? Some like we need to move forward. Like this guy has gotten us places. This guy has done stuff for us. He's yep. moving forward. He's moving in the right direction. He's a hard worker. He knows how to show up and he shows up in big moments and he makes plays how come you're not advocating for him as his teammate as a leader on this team it is different whenever it's the coaching staff that that feels like you know like the boss thing but like when you're out there in the trenches with Kate Otten and you know that he looks up to you and and you you guys have that rapport and Tom Brady you're not advocating for him and you're not saying we need to use him we need to try this out you're my walk the plank number two because that's just not acceptable that's a great point. And it's just, and the thing is, I'm sure some fans will be like, oh, it's not that easy. But but how was it that easy versus the Rams yeah. in, 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 in crucial moments? And now it's not as easy when they needed that third win, when they we, needed to solidify the fact that their team worth talking about yeah. and not in the dramatic conversation or the headlines of off the field BS. Like this was just as crucial and just as important for them to win than almost any other game, because this was that pivotal point that said, okay, we can actually put them in the playoff conversation. Whereas now it's just like, I'm over it. I also I don't, don't buy that. I'm over it. I don't buy that, that like, Oh, it's not that easy. Tom Brady doesn't have that kind of pull. Nope. I this don't buy that at all. So much in so many ways. How does I, he not have that? pull? I don't buy that at all. That's like, that's no. just, I, you, you must be stuck. You must be an ostrich. You, you have your head in the sand because that, that's just not true. That's just mm-hmm. not how this team works. It's just not how anything, um, has gone with, with what has happened on this team. Brady makes a call to a player that he wants and they sign that player. That, that is roster. exactly like, that's what happens. And so the fact yeah. that like, this is a, this is both of them. And even if yep. like, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that, like you have power and you should advocate. And as a leader, as someone who's in a leadership position, it is your responsive with great power becomes, becomes great responsibility. Like it is Brady's responsibility 
to this team to advocate for who he thinks will play well. And he has said before explicitly that he thinks highly of K. Dotton. And I, and Brady's not one of the, I mean, he's not going to just sit here and lie through his teeth. He believes what he says. You know, if, if he doesn't love somebody, he's not going to like, Go on and on about them. He has about Kate. And even aside from that, Kate has showed up whether people yeah. want to talk about it or not. Like he has, he has given hope in those grim games and those grim losses before the them finally getting back in the win column versus the Rams. He was that guy versus the Rams. And then speaking of advocacy and and trust and rapport and stuff. Tom Brady said that he wanted to go back to Kate in that run zone play to get the touchdown. If you didn't have faith in this kid and what he could do, you would have never put your faith in that moment. You would have tried for somebody else. So it's just there's there's the excuses are dwindling down. They're getting old. They're running out of them. They have no excuses left besides the fact that, like, this is just a really, really poorly pieced together team because my walk the plank is Todd Bowles. Yeah. I don't want to hear another podium press conference that where you piece together enough sentences to make media and fans believe that you guys are changing something and you're changing nothing. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, opening up the game with the run game. Okay, that's fine. You guys are trying to establish the run game. We know that that was going to be, you know, a goal, a specific goal of yours. Uh, you really got a chance to see more out of Rashad White. I think that he rose to the occasion. That's fantastic. But as a coach, whether you're defensive-minded, offensive-minded, as a coach, as a leader, as somebody who is going to play a larger role in the in one of the best leagues in the world, when you see a defense adjust to your play calling, adjust to what you're putting on the table there, you have to be able to adjust to their adjustment. It's a, it's a game of chess. You've said this many times, Kaylee. You yeah. don't sit there and keep making piss moves on the chessboard and expect to win. The minute that the Browns' defense adjusted to their run game, it took them way too long to be like, all right, let's start passing the ball now. And at that point, they got pass heavy and they didn't distribute evenly. Like, come on. It's, it is strategy. Two pass plays, one run play. Maybe let's not do the run play on first and third down as always. Let's surprise them with a second down run game. Let's have two running backs back there. Keyshawn Vaughn on one side, Rashad White on the other side. One tight end up there, wide receiver over there. Let's make it confusing for these guys for once. And their best player was... Garrett, yeah. the best player was Garrett, who, when you notice that you did something that wasn't the most typical, readable thing, he would make mistakes. Yep. That's what, it, that's what we talked about, Casey, coming into this game. That was one of the biggest things is you have to be able to, Miles, I made this, I literally Specific made this point. I said, Miles mm -hmm. Garrett is good. You have to throw him off because he is a guy that can push forward into the rush and can and and can push forward and create sacks and create, you know, and and be a threat to the run game. Or he's a guy that can drop back and be a threat, you know, in, in the middle of the, uh, uh, you know, in the middle of the field. And so you have to throw him off. You have to do things differently. You can't just be static. That yeah. was one of the biggest points that I made. I even made and a joke and I right said, into it. oh, I'm just going to do some keys over here. That was one of my keys. Yep. And they didn't do it. Oh, yep. I need to be like. mistakes that he made, they still played into it yeah. and decided, hey, we're not going to change anything. They didn't change no. anything. So that was that the Todd Bowles, you're, you're the head coach of this team yeah. now. 
And I don't know, I don't want to make assumptions of what transgressed and how and who and what and what and what. And I understand that some people are like, oh, Bruce Arians was on his way out because of health, whatever. I don't care. At this point, you're not taking care of, of something that you were gifted, something that you were given. And that's where I have a problem with it because you can't sit there and protect the insanity of Byron Leftwich. I don't want to sit there and harp on Byron and what he has and has not done. The bottom line is it's not working and you can't get back on the podium and talk in circles and expect people to buy into this. It's disrespectful to the, to the fan base by now. It's disrespectful to people that keep supporting this team that has so much potential that looks so good on paper. Yet you want to get up there and say, Oh, well, we put everything on the table. No, you didn't. No, you did not. You did not. You're a defensive-minded coach who needs to put this offense in the right hands. And if it's Tom Brady calling all the plays, then make it Tom Brady's role. Minimize what Byron Leftwich is doing, but own the fact that you guys just keep should, like shooting yourself in the foot over and over and over again. This game was in the palm of their hands. How do you come from executing and getting a touchdown and finally doing something that was not very rhythmic for you guys for the past couple of weeks you execute, you find the end zone, and then you turn around and have two or three, three and outs. Yeah. How? How do you do that? Well, I'll tell you one of the reasons that they did it, Casey. And uh, this, it, it kind of goes into, so I, 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 I said, I mentioned two of my walk the planks, but my third walk the plank is just like, if you're taking more than two penalties a game, I think you need to be benched. I think, I like, you need to learn your lesson. You need to be benched and you need to like go sit. We'll bring somebody else in. They had nine penalties, Casey, for 70 yards. It's it, it, how do you have almost 10 penalties at this point in the season mm-hmm. for 70 yards? And you that's know what's more, to put that into perspective, that's more yards than Rashad White rushed for today. They had more yards and penalties than Rashad White rushed for today. That's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. It makes me feel sick to my stomach. Like, I'm thankful for this, Zevia, because I feel nauseous right now thinking about it. It's so dumb. And you want to know the worst part about that? Half of that was one of their veteran players who has been a key asset to this team on the line. How does that – how do you just come in and have your, your tail between your legs? And, and make costly mistakes for this team over and over and over again. Against the a, a three and seven Browns team. Three against, and seven. Like, it's just, well, on that note, Casey, talking about some of these yeah. penalties, they, they were taken on both sides of the ball, but there were some really timely, frustrating penalties on the offense. And so let's get into the review of the offense. I, I, I kind of led with it. I was not impressed with the play calling. Um, I mean, even, even like kind of at, you know, at at the beginning it it, it was okay. You know, they're, they're doing some stuff. Um, I liked to, I liked to see Rashad white and I liked what he was doing out there. He picked up, uh, you know, huge yards, um, for this team early on. And, and they were, fairly consistently moving the ball, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so getting that first, you know, getting that first touchdown, Chris Godwin, you know, was, you know, uh, targeted a lot in that first drive and it seemed like everything was going well. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't like, you know, they could have mixed it up a little bit more. It was kind of, 
it was very Rashad White and Chris Godwin heavy, but but they were moving the ball. They got a touchdown, right. and it's like, okay, let's do this. You know, uh, we're we're going. But then after that, it was just so hit or miss. It's just like like you they didn't said, respond to the adjustment. They didn't respond at all. The very next, the very next one, you go three and out. You literally have three plays. And then, and then you punt and it's just like, you're not being able to do anything. You ran Rashad white twice, or, I mean, I guess you used him twice, a a run and then a short pass, but it's just like, this isn't, I know, I know that when someone is playing well, you want to Mm -hmm. utilize them. However, when you continue to utilize them, the other team catches on. The other team oh. catches on and they just, and so you have to spread the ball around. You can't u- use Rashad white every single down. And that's just what it, it seemed like they were trying to do Yep, early on in this game. Use, and, and when they it, weren't using him to rush, they were using him for pass catching. Yeah. And then it was just Rashad, 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 Rashad. And it's like, dude, come on. Like, and he's good. I'm not saying don't use him, but you have to use more than just him. You have other players on the team. Who are talented? You have Kate Otten, you have, you know, Chris Godwin, you have Mike Evans, you have Julio, you have a bunch of other, you have Coquise who, you know, sh- showed up today. You have other guys who can do things, who you yep. need to utilize, and to diminish your game to essentially one player receiving like fifty percent of the targets, rushing and passing. You're, you made you you shot what yourself the in the foot. And you made you made it one dimensional. Yeah, there was no, no strategy. strategy there. Mm-hmm. No strategy because for the Browns, it was Peoples Jones, it was David Njoku, it was Kareem Hunt, it was Nick Chubb, it was uh, Amari Cooper. It was so you just you couldn't always pinpoint where the ball was going to go. Where it was just like, hey, uh, I'll take a seventy percent chance on Rashad White. Oh, Rashad White, there we go again. Oh, I'll take an eighty-five percent chance on Rashad White. Oh, back to Rashad White, there we go again. And that's why the Browns came up with twenty-two first downs versus the Bucks sixteen. And to make it worse and put this all into perspective on those first downs, when it comes to third down and third down efficiency, the Browns only had five out of 17 third downs and their third down efficiency percentage was 29%. They were not doing anything particularly like over. They weren't outplaying the Bucks by any means strategically. They were just being better consistently with spreading the ball amongst and not being so predictable. And then uh, we'll get to the defense when we get to the defense, because that's just, that's a whole nother headache. But yeah, Kaylee, you're hundred percent right in the fact of like, how do you come out and keep running the same play and think, assume by any means confidently that this team's not going to catch on and adjust and then not have an adjustment for the adjustment. Yeah. I think what is the most disappointing Casey is just, it, it's just, all we're asking for is a little bit of balance. And I think that feels the most frustrating is because we're not saying don't you like we've been calling on Rashad white. I like the kid. I mm-hmm. think that you need to utilize him. He's a good player. He is an asset. Look at what he did today. He is an asset to this team. 64 rushing yards, 45 receiving yards. He is an asset to this team over a hundred yards total. You should utilize him. 
But that doesn't mean that you forget about everybody else. That doesn't mean that you only utilize him. And that's what this offense has fallen into. They did the same thing with Chris Godwin a little bit, you know, towards the end of the game, there's a drive where, you know, it's like they kept trying to go to Chris Godwin. It kept, and and it's like, that that's not working. You know, it didn't work. Try something different. And again, that's not an offense to Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is fantastic. He had 110 yards today. He averaged 9.2 yards per reception on 12 Mm -hmm. receptions. Like he had over a hundred fantastic game for Chris Godwin, but like you have, like you have other guys on the team aside from him that are capable and are going to make plays and you have to utilize them. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's the point Casey is that this isn't a balanced attack anymore. This is not even smart. It's just not even smart because once you see that, you know, Mike Evans and that's great that, you know, on a better note, Mike Evans got the 10,000 yards and, and all the accolades and stuff. But even his performance today wasn't very much up to par. It was either between the coverage or, you know, miscommunications between him and Tom Brady. There was no rhythm between him and Brady today at all. But then you go down the line, Chris Godwin. Okay. He showed up on key plays. That's helpful. We'll rotate that in. You don't rely on it. You rotate it. Cause then you have Julio Jones, four targets, three receptions. Okay. 40 yards. Well, he could have maybe done a little bit more in the rotation. Then you've got, you know, Cameron Bright here and there. I still can't believe we saw no Kate Otten. We saw Burshad Perriman towards the end there. You have this depth, quote unquote, in your wide receiving core. Scotty Miller, I think, made an appearance. And then you've got Tyler Johnson, who you guys re-signed to do what with? Like collect dust on the bench because he's not an inactive. So now he's just the Swiffer sweat jet on the sideline. I don't understand any sort of, there's no strategy in, in, in anything that they're doing. There's no logic in anything that they're doing. Yeah. Why have this roster and be, how do you have such a, such a roster and you're the most predictable team in the league? Well, that's it's like, where I'm it feels like the front office and the coaching staff are not communicating. They're not on the same page because the front office, they're going out and they're making these deals and signing these players and making these moves. And then you never see it translate to the playing field. And so, so it's just like, what is ha- like, why can't we all just sit in a conference table and talk amongst ourselves and say, hey, we're going to sign this guy we should utilize him. Like that's how it works. That's yeah, that you front so office working with the coaching staff. And as a front office, you don't tell the coaching staff exactly what to do. They're the coaching staff. You hire them because you trust them, but you also have some expectations and you say, yep. Hey, we're, si- we're going to sign this guy. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of an expectation that like you use him. Yeah. You know? And Absolutely. I think that's a hundred percent fair. You're not telling you're not telling them what to do, but you're if, if as the front office, you're trying to put this team in the very best situation they can to win, win, not just show up in a uniform. And as the coaching staff, you're also trying to do the same. How are you not on the same page with each other? How are you not on the same page about the players you have, how we're utilizing them? And it, it, it just makes no sense. Why is the front office signing players? And then the coaching staff's just ignoring them, just acting like they don't even exist. I I like that you mentioned that because like broadening the perspective a little bit, 
if I was working in the front office and taking the time and putting the effort into trying to lock in this player and do the negotiations and see how they work in, that'd be a waste of my freaking time. I would be frustrated because why did we go through all of that? Why are we shifting the capital? Why are we restructuring contracts to bring in somebody? And to some extent, I understand that fans would be like, oh, well, he, you know, it's not our fault that he came in and wasn't healthy. Did you vet the situation though? Because they do have to take a physical when they come in. You are seeing results on a paper that give you percentiles of what, what they may or may not do. It's a risk to reward factor. And that's what these people are paid to do. So if I have to go through this entire vetting situation to watch this man collect dust on the sideline or never be used or be registered as inactive all the time, I'm annoyed. And they're clearly exactly. not on the same page. They're not on the same page. Not not at all. And you you look at what happened today, Casey. You know, aside from that point about the, the coaching staff and the front office, because, again, they're clearly not on the same page. I just don't think that the coaching staff and, the, and, this, and, the, and these players are on the same page either. It's just like mm -hmm. no one is communicating. Uh, you know, how do you – coming into this game, if Tom Brady was up by a touchdown in the last two minutes of the game, he was 218 – and zero had never lost mm -hmm. leaving today. He is now 218 and one gross. He lost. He's never lost being up a touchdown with two minutes left in regulation. So yep. not only, I mean, I know this is a little bit defensive, but like, it's not just defense because yes, they gave up those things, but also, Tom Brady only threw two touchdown passes today. They mm -hmm. couldn't get anything going during 10 minutes of overtime action. Um, the Browns, they held Tampa Bay without a point on the final seven possessions. Not any point. No field goal, no nothing. Field goal. Zero points Not in a the final seven possessions. And then even this, like I was reading some articles and it like makes it seem shinier than it was because it's like, oh, but Tom Brady opened the second half by completing his first six passes. And it's like, yeah, but that's translated to what? But that's after like what actually happened to start the second quarter at, on a tie game when you have the ball and you just had your pep talk and you need to go out there and start the second half. Excuse me. I meant second half um, and start the second half. What, it, what actually happened? Well, Rashad white was pushed back two yards. Tom Brady was <laughs> sacked uh, six yards back. So now you're at three and 18. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady goes to Julio Jones, but it's only eight yards and then they have to punt. So, yeah. yeah, sure. Tom Brady completed his first six passes after, you know, uh, it, to start the second half. A poor start. Still. But, like, you went your first possession of the second half. You go three and out. You get you give up a sack, and then you let your running back get pushed back. Like, yep. no, that's terrible. That's so, so awful. And, it, and it's, it just takes away from the big achievements. Like you mentioned, like Mike Evans getting 28 yards and being the first Tampa Bay player ever to reach 10,000 yards receiving. That's yeah. huge. 
the first player ever, that should be a, an accomplishment that everybody is celebrating and excited about. And, and there's no excitement around it. Instead, you just have a bad taste in your mouth because of how awful this offense finished the game. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, it was so bad to the point where unless you were sitting on Twitter while the game was happening, the graphic was underwhelming about the achievement. The team didn't acknowledge the achievement. There was not much around it because, well, the game was piss poor. Like <laughs> there was nothing to be excited about. And unfortunately for Mike Evans, it wasn't his greatest game either no. to round out such a big milestone, you know? And I, and I know that these players, especially a guy like him who holds himself so accountable into such a standard, but it's like, you know, in all that, there was nothing to be excited about because you painted that picture so perfectly, Kaylee, while the articles may make it sound one way. That's where I talk about the smell test versus the taste test. Yeah, It's, you know, when you really look at it, they made no progress. I don't care about six completed passes if it goes nowhere. You know, no. they've driven all the way down the field before and then mucked things up on third down and then choose chosen not to take any kind of risk versus reward on fourth down. And then before you know it, they're not, they're, they're punting the ball. They're not even trying to go for a field goal. The play calling has been abysmal for every single circumstance, top to bottom, not even on this offense, but even sometimes on this defense and, and it's mind boggling. Casey, one last point on this offense. It, 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 I think this is like the cherry on top for me is like, this isn't even a great defense. This is a defense that you should have been able to put up 30 points. They've on. allowed 269 points heading into this game. There's no reason they shouldn't have walked away without 30 points today. Yeah. This isn't a great defense. And so you let a me defense hold you to 17 points. And then moving on to defense, Casey, defensively. I mean, that first actually, half was hard to watch. I, it just, I don't know if I have the word. It's, it's all of it was hard to watch, Casey, because like, yes, there were, there were time, there were the first, there was a lot of things I didn't like, but mm -hmm. you held the, you, you held the team in the game. Yeah. Enough. You did enough. You didn't do a great job, but you did enough until. The last five, three minutes of the game and all of overtime, right? Like that's just, yeah. And don't, and let's say this, we do, yeah. we do acknowledge the fact that injuries played a role. Yes. Uh, 100%. Especially, yeah. especially in the secondary, they just kind of kept dropping like flies. But yeah. even, even at that, I mean, they this team had over a hundred rushing yards after coming off of a pretty decent run stop performance where we thought okay they're gonna get back in the column here and they were nowhere close <laughs> you know yeah, I mean, they started they doing i know they were trying to have different yards. looks yeah. yeah they were trying to have different looks out there so at times they had akeem hicks on the outside they had vita bay on the outside they were leaving themselves exposed in the interior going up against a team that you know is going to try to be a little run heavy there I just don't understand, again, the strategy. What was the strategy here knowing that you're going up against a Nick Chubb and a Kareem Hunt and you want to play with the, the you want to play with your interior? You want to play with the middle of the line that's supposed to be swallowing up those run gaps and not relying heavily on your linebackers to fill in 24-7, especially when you're missing the key guy who creates turnovers in Logan Ryan? 
And you finally get Antoine Winfield Jr. back for like his second game after concussion protocol to be on the sideline getting reevaluated for a concussion because he has to be everywhere to fill all these gaps as everybody else is just doing something different. What made you look at this team on film and say, yeah, we're going to just show some different off, uh, defensive looks here. We're going to really switch things up. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> you did not have to do that. You knew that they were going to hand the ball to Nick Chubb to do what Nick Chubb does, shut it down. You knew what they were going to do to Kareem Hunt. You knew that after having a failed rushing attempt twice, that it was either going to go to one of their dominant wide receivers, or I don't know, that tight end called David Ajoku who tends to show up in crucial moments. How do I know that from the outside looking in and they get to sit there and film study and look at this stuff and decide to make stupid, stupid adjustments? I think that uh, like if I have one overarching point on this game, it's the Browns adjusted and the Bucks did not because you make a fantastic point. The fact that you didn't adjust to what the game plan was, the fact that you didn't see it coming the fact that you're not able to read the offense and know that they're going to Nick Chubb or that they're going to try to run the ball. The fact that you let, you know, neither Nick Chubb or <laughs> Kareem Hunt, you know, run 31 yards on you for a touch on the first drive of the game. And that's, and that's setting the tone for the game. It's not, it's not even like one of their top guys. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, Nick Chubb, 116 yards. How after you guys hold the Seahawks? What was the Seahawks situation held to? Now I just now I just have to know. It was less than 100, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought so because I'm pretty sure we came on here raving about oh look how at this. great how great they did. One stop defense has shown its yeah. Oh my god, I know. I think I that's what I said. I was like, oh my gosh, where there actually <laughs> exists. They actually are back. They but held the Seahawks player statistics right here. Geno Smith to 22 rushing yards and Kenneth Walker the third to 17. Yeah. 39 total. Less 39 total Less when they allow Nick Chubb to come out and say, I'm going to lay 116 on you boys. No big deal. Or, or 39 and then on the first drive, they let a guy get 31 into the end zone. Right. Right. And what significant changes happened to the defense from Seahawks in Munich versus uh, Browns in Cleveland? I'd love to know. Somebody ate the wrong kind of they, This team did not share a turkey with Zach Bogosian <laughs> and the Lightning players. <laughs> Is it terrible? That's what I was thinking the whole game. I'm like, oh, yikes. They, they, these guys had two completely different meals. Like. They Anthony Schwartz isn't even a like he he he's a wide receiver. I can't even talk about Schwartz. That's just her. It, it really is. He's a wide receiver. And he <laughs> let it from thirty-one yards on you to get a touchdown on the wide receiver. Drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They did that. They did that. No, so it's they just. So that. I think they started off. Casey, this Boy. was my other point that I said. Like, bad players are gonna happen. Bad players are gonna happen. I, you know what? Let the touchdown happen. I don't care. You have so much game ahead of you. You need to lock it up now. Yes. You, you let a touchdown you happen. Got to be able to let it lock roll off your shoulder. Up. Mm -hmm. Do it. 
And they kind of did. They let a field goal happen. And it's like, okay. They had a strong second half. They didn't let them score in the second half, but that energy needed to start from the top. Like you said, they couldn't have opened with that 30 whatever rushing yards and to set their own tone against this defense. Yeah. That was just, yeah. So that for starters, and then it starts gassing them. So you come yeah. out and have a crap first half. Then your offense isn't really getting the job done. Defense is, is, is forced to be on the field that much more because in terms of possession, it was the Browns that had possession. Let's see how much more of the time. 39 to 30. 39. Yeah. 39 almost minutes. 10, almost 10 more minutes. 75 offensive plays. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what does that mean? That means that the Bucks defense, who's already kind of coming off to a shaky start, is spending too much time on the field. Then the injuries start racking up, which is working against them. In every way possible, they just worked against themselves. If they weren't a talented roster, they wouldn't have even gotten the points on the board that they did. And that was by chance of having their flashing moments of doing something well, but they couldn't string anything together consistently to pull together a good game. This win for the Browns is entirely on the Bucks, just serving it up on a silver platter. I can't, I can't see anything besides that. I think there's like a two positives I want to get to before we get to um, the last Browns drive in overtime. And the two positives are you got an interception. <laughs> Finally, on a Hail Mary. <laughs> it was it was the last like, lot, like Small standing there with his hand in the air and his eyes closed, like, you know, please, 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 please. Like, that was a Sandlot interception. And I've been, for somebody who's been begging for an interception for weeks now. It just made me laugh that they got one. But right. Like you thought I'd be happy that they finally just got one. And yes, I think I tweeted with a little bit more excitement, like, finally, finally an interception. But if you guys want to know how I actually felt about the interception, it's like, Smalls just standing in the middle of the field with his glove up, like, please, 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 please. Uh, okay. The other, the other, like, kind of positive. I think this is. I love that you're like, I have a positive, and here I go. Like, I just knew no. you would say something about that. Kind of wanted to see what you would say because again, still not like an interception in the last play of the like, before. Yeah, Gosh. right before the half. So it's just like. Uh, kind of ridiculous but I mean they got four sacks and so yeah that's my other positive you know you got <laughs> you got four sacks it's a worthy positive it's a worthy yeah. positive I'll I'll to make up for my smalls comment I will add a positive to your positives and say Antoine Winfield Jr. is that guy he is just that 100%. guy the, some of the hits that he laid out there today were just fantastic and even Keanu Neal, it was nice to see some other guys show up in 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 certain columns. Keanu Neal finally cashes in on a sack. Um, he was working long and hard this game to get in there and get that. And I think he was credited for half of it, but still. And then Logan Hall, you know, credited for the other half. He's a young guy who's still trying to get his bearings. Um, then you got Anthony Nelson and between Nelly and Nassib, Nassib excuse me, we know that they're trying to fill big shoes of, of Shaq Barrett not being in. So the positives are there. I mean, it's a, at this point, it's just unfortunate for the defense because there's just so much weight on their shoulders while this offense pulls their head out of the ground. Yeah, it, it's just – I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at this point – yeah, I'm a little – I'm a little – uh, Glazy eyes. I don't know. It's, it's just – 
like what more what more <laughs> well it's, it's that hard note, because i knew we... that i was gonna get into something that i don't want to get into and it's just we have <sighs> to get into the last the, the you know like the the final drive which can we start by mentioning the fact that how does the bucks start with the ball in overtime and still just flop yeah i yeah that's <laughs> i wish that's i wish awesome. we could see kaylee's face right now <laughs> That's offense. We moved past that, Casey. I'm on. I'm so. <laughs> We're talking about I... Amari Cooper's 45 yard. I didn't want to get to it. I didn't want to do it. I know I you don't, do but we have to talk about it because I'm so frustrated. Because I said, "Hey guys, once don't. once they try to, you know, once you block Nick Chubb, once Kareem, once there's no ground game." You Who are they them. gonna go to? Amari Cooper. You gotta look. I think they got too comfortable that Cooper had some some big drops during the game, especially ones where the ball was literally in the freaking basket. They got too comfortable. Or, I don't know. I honestly like. I'm well, having. I, mean, I think like it's just like frustrating. It's like I, I I understand it's a game, and I understand that things happen, and Carlton Davis, you know, slips, but it's just like really on this play with 30 seconds left. You slip and like let them move the ball 45 yards down the field into touchdown, like into I was not ready for this conversation. That's what's gonna happen. And then and then you know, Chubb is gonna get the win, like the overtime win with just the three. But then okay, but then backing up, we have to back up a little bit more because then because then like there's 32 seconds left in regulation. And you're going to let a tight end. I mean, oh and I know he's amazing. I know he's amazing. I, I'm not like trying to like down, but like, like really like he's kind of overthrown. And uh, I mean, Brissette literally said that he thought that the ball was overthrown and he was going to like cry because he was like, opening pressers talking about some, yeah, well, David Njoku made a great, made a great catch there. Like what? That's how you want to open this? I mean, he did make a great catch. It was. But you should but not have, like, allowed for yeah, that to happen. Have never been there. Defensive-minded. Like, that's. I can't. The overtime, I'm, I need, I need your, um whatever your bubbly drink is called for nausea settlement because I am nauseous. It's, it's, I think at the, at the end of the day. This defense let up too many big plays, mm -hmm. chunks, and that's what we saw at crucial moments. The, you have to be able to shut things down mm -hmm. at crucial moments, and I don't think it's like, oh, they're getting bored out there. I don't think it's one of those things, but I do think it's just not being focused, not being on, and it's showing also up. being there too much, like too relied on. And it, it, so it's just one of those things, Casey, where it's, it can't happen. You can't let up those big, you have, like, if you're going to do anything, you have to do it at the end of the game. You have to be able to defend. Mm -hmm. it, it's the last 30 seconds of the game. It's the last like 17 seconds of overtime. And that's when you guys let up and that's unacceptable. That's not okay. You can't win like that. You can't let teams make these giant moves on you in the final minute 
of a game, of an overtime, of whatever. You can't allow that to happen. That's when you need to be your strongest, your tightest. And that just didn't happen today, Casey. That didn't happen. This this defense did not shut this team down. And honestly, it stinks because they did have, I mean, like, you know, Devin White didn't have a terrible game. Um, yeah. You know, Antoine Woodfield Jr. had a good game. They had four sacks. Like, this defense, it's not like they had a terrible enough game for mm-hmm. us to just, like, you know, give. They didn't. They should have played better than they than they did. They should have been able to stop Nick Chubb more than they did. They should have been able to adjust better. But they didn't have a terrible game overall. But what they did do was they let up big chunks and they didn't shut it down when they needed to. And yeah. for that, that is like the unforgivable part of it. That is the part that like this can't go on. You can't you can't give up those kinds of plays in the final minute of the game, because that's literally what you're doing. You're handing the other team the game when you're doing that. Yep. And that's exactly what they did. There's really no other way to put it. And it's not playoff football and it's not championship football. The and one the road ahead. You and I did this little, little draft in one of our most recent episodes, yeah. you know, giving them so much credit, thinking they were going to win quality amount of games. Well, guess yeah. what? If you sneeze wrong, the saints are going to make you pay for it during Monday night football. So that's going to be embarrassing. Then, You've got the 49ers where I think they're six wins. So where they had a chance to kind of edge them out there and, and, and show up a little bit, well, 49ers defense are going to make you pay for it. So there goes that. And if you couldn't handle Nick Chubb, good luck with Christian McCaffrey. And, On the uh, road too. Right like- there in, in their home territory. Then you got the Bengals who just tend to be this surprising team to sometimes pull through. Well, yep. surprise. They can win against the Bucks team that played today in Cleveland. So there goes three potential losses right there. Yeah, I just think that it with everything, and we'll get into this more, you guys, Jolly Rogers and Touchdown fans, on our podcast on Tuesday. So be sure to tune in, subscribe to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns there. Casey and I will hopefully be a little less, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll be a little less hot then. We'll have we'll have had some time to give, you know, have some perspective, but you know, we're, we're just like you guys, we're watching this game in real time. And like Casey said, legitimately, you know, we're busy people. We have families, we've got things going on and, and, and we're watching this game and it's just, it it stinks sometimes to watch bad football or to watch a team that you really want to do well, not do well um, Mm -hmm. when you know that they can. And I think again, that uh, this is how I started. This is how I'll end it. That's the hardest part about this, Casey, is that mm-hmm. I know this team has it in them to play well. Yeah. I know this offense has it in them. I know that this defense has it in them. I know this coaching staff has it in them. And they're just continuing to not put it together. Um, You know, I'm not going to really elaborate on this very much because I feel like I've talked a lot already. But as far as standout players, um, you know, for the offense, I, I, you know, I have to give it to Mike Evans, you know, just, I mean, based off of, based off of what he was able to do. I mean, again, you're the first Tampa Bay um, player to get 10,000 receiving yards. That's an accomplishment and that needs yeah. to be celebrated okay. uh, defensively, you know, it, Antoine Winfield jr. You know, uh, yeah. maybe, maybe Devin white, um, you know, Devin Whitehead, eight 
solo tackles, five assists, and who was given a half of a sack, which I always think it's funny when they do that. Um, but I, but I think he's stepping up into a better leadership role since, since he's been called out and, um, yeah, just stinks that, that they weren't able to pull this one out because they should have, they should have been able to win this game and they didn't. Uh, and, and hopefully it will give them a bad enough taste to, to, to where we'll see some difference. We'll see a bit, a bit of a change team. I'm, I'm, I keep saying that and I will keep trying to be optimistic (laughs) and believe it. Um, but something has to change. Yeah. And it's just, it, what makes it harder is that with, coming off of that Seahawks win, and we talked about this in the last episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. I think what makes me even more frustrated is, is we talked about the blueprint of the Seahawks team and this Browns team, you know, heavily so able to cut up a certain amount of points offensively, but letting up just as much, like they should have been able to go in there and control this game equally, if not better than they did versus the Seahawks. And, on the in-game analysis with Matt earlier today, I was saying how interesting it is to me that they take on the factors such as an eight and a half hour flight and altitude screws with your blood pressure, your blood flow, the compression in your legs, all these factors. And you go out and play, you know, a, a, a quality top to bottom team on all three units from offense, defense, and special teams to come and face a team that was going to deliver a lot of similarities. And you weren't even able to, to bring the pace that you had in Munich to Cleveland. So while the good thing about post-game podcasts is that we really just kind of get to be, you know, a, a observant and emotional, you know, we'll come dialed in with our treasure takeaways on the next episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. But if I had to find a silver lining and a positive and Kaylee and I can do that, um, you know, for me, the standout player has got to be Co'Keefe. I have been listing him yeah. as a, as an anytime touchdown as a red zone guy, since the beginning of the season, if people thought I was crazy, haha, LOL, Coke Keith, he's brand new. All he does is block. Da, da, da. Well, no, he doesn't. He gets in the red zone. Will this him. team utilize him again? Probably not because they don't like to do anything that works more than once. That's just crazy. <laughs> so Coke Keith is going to get that one. Um, and what I loved even more about it is that he kind of had a, he blew an assignment on a, on a block uh, that kind of ended up diminishing a play on one of the third and outs but you know by the time that they got the ball back and he was able to be that guy to get them in the end zone a team that struggled to find the end zone all season long um it's great to see and i i have all the faith that if they just i don't know get out of their own ways they can continue to use guys like Kokeef, kdot and all these younger people that are going to be the the face of these teams soon enough to get things going. So co keeps my offensive standout defensively. I got to give it to Keanu Neal. I just loved the hustle out of him all game long. You saw how hungry he was to get in the sack column. And even though sadly he was credited with half a sack, even though, you know, I think a little differently of it. Um, he did get in the, in the sack column and, and the past couple of games too, he's, he's been, he's lived to his name to an extent. He's typically known as a thumper. He's laid out some pretty great hits. He could have done a little bit more, but I, I loved the the effort today. Um, and I think in some ways it did pay off. So Keanu Neal is going to be my defensive standout. I love it. I love it. Well, fans, I know this wasn't always the most optimistic <laughs> or positive one, but hopefully you feel right alongside us in some of the frustrations, because we, like I said, we care about this team. We want them to do well. And when they don't, we take it hard. We take it just as hard as you guys do as well. So uh, for all of that analysis and insight, make sure that you continue to subscribe to Jolly Rogers and 
guys get your podcast. We will have three episodes a week. This one will come out on Monday, and then we will also have some, I guess, on Wednesday and Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, the next, yeah, for this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we will have each episode available then. So be sure to follow us and subscribe there. Download the Odyssey app because that's the best place to get the Jolly Rogers and touchdowns show. You just download the Odyssey app, subscribe to Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, then turn on the auto download button. So anytime we have a new episode, it comes right to you so that you can stay up to date on all of Bucks football. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at the sports case. That's K A S E. And be sure to follow us at Jolly Rogers TDS on both Instagram and Twitter. We'll see you guys on Wednesday.